The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three and wife to a country music star. And I'm Jess Diamond, registered dietitian nutritionist and mom to one. And this is Meaningful Living, a community to make parenting and life a little easier and a lot less lonely. Every week, we talk to experts, parents, and answer your questions to share the practical tips and real side of parenting we all need. Because when you remove the doubt, fear, and stress from everyday decisions, you create more time for the meaningful moments. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Happy Monday. Hey, happy Monday. Good to see you guys. So today, Jess and I are here with my husband, Tyler, and we're so happy to have you. We're going to talk about relationships today. We've gotten so many questions through Instagram and DMs. And so we just figured we would bring you on to talk about relationships. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's always fun to be on here. Well, truth be told, I feel like you're the more vulnerable one of the two of us. So I feel like it really helps to have you on here because you can just really express what I'm trying to say most of the time. Oh, well, so I don't know about all that, but I'll give it a good shot. Well, you're, you're go. good at straight shooting. So I, I'm excited to have you on here and I'm excited to to dive in. Cool. Let's dive in. Let's start from the beginning. I don't think everyone knows the story of how you guys started. And I love that story. So will you share? It's so hard to to start because it's a long story, (laughs) but I will try to shorten it. We met through a mutual friend of ours and we started as just friends and truly I mean, truly just friends. I didn't realize I was being very oblivious. I didn't realize he was right in front of me. I think I'm going to speak for you, but I would assume it was the same. I was in a phase where I was just super independent, ready to leave Nashville. I was moving back to California and I was like, I'm on a mission and it is not to meet a man right now. Even though six months earlier, it probably would have been, yes, to meet a man and get married and all of that. But I was like, nope, new mission. I'm moving to California. And so when Tyler and I met, I obviously knew that he was an artist. And I had this strange rule that I would never date an artist, athlete, or actor. I do know why. I feel like it's more because I don't know that I wanted that lifestyle. Here we are in that lifestyle. But it was so much different than I ever thought it would be. I assumed it was everything I had seen in the movies and on TV and that I would get cheated on and left behind at home with kids and everything. So anyways, long story short, I put him in the friend zone and which was really quite perfect because then I don't think we realized what was right in front of us and we really got to build our friendship. Yeah, for sure. I feel like we've told our love story, so I don't I don't want to bore people. But really quickly, Tyler, at the beginning of our friendship, kept asking me to, hey, I've got a softball tournament, a celebrity softball tournament. Can you come? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of busy. And then he was like, hey, I have a number one party tonight. Like, you want to come? <laughs> it's I was like, a little hard to get. I was like, oh, this. sorry, I'm busy. <laughs> He's like, she oh. always busy. Then I remember one night it was like, you guys had just won a CMT award and and you guys were at this party and I was with my friend and they were like, but he's with Taylor Swift. And I was like, I don't care. Like, we're busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tried all the angles and she never, uh, she definitely played hard to get. But, it, you know, it worked out. And, you know, I would say the pursuit was 
fully on for sure. From my perspective, I was like, okay, if this girl's too busy to hang out, then then I really want to hang out, and I'm I'm bound, I'm gonna make it happen. I'm determined to make it happen. So it did, and once we started hanging out, we never stopped. <laughs> no, literally, every day we were together, which was awesome. Yeah, our, our relationship took off on a rocket ship, and also people probably know this part of the story, but the the one time I did finally say yes to hanging out that night, you heard that I was moving to LA and you were like, no, you're not. You're going to pray about it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I think he was kind of kidding. Right. And yeah, I was kind of flirting. Just flirting. Just yeah. flirting. Yeah. Flirting. And, but I took it very seriously. I was like, wow, how dumb could I be? I haven't even prayed about this. And so I was like, God, I just need a sign. I need a sign. Do I stay in Nashville? Do I go to LA? I know all my friends are here. This is so crazy that I'm moving, but I just really feel like I need to move. You tell me where I need to be, but I need a big sign because you know that I need big signs, God. So here we go. Next day I went to work. I was filling out my lease paperwork. I had a roommate and everything in, in LA and signing my name at the bottom, mid-signature, my boss came up behind me and said, Haley, if you stay in Nashville, I will double your salary. And <laughs> so silly, but that little thing that I don't even know if my boss knows this at the time, knows this now, but it was such a crucial part of my life because that was the big sign that made me stay in Nashville. And then a month later, we hung out as friends and we kissed and it was magic. And we were like, oh my gosh, I like you. Like, this is, we have a lot of chemistry here. Yeah, yeah. Turned into more than friends after that. And it was uh, off to the races in the best way possible. So those early days of you guys, which I don't know as much about and I love, I could listen to it all the time. When, Tyler, when did you know this relationship was different? So Haley played hard to get and things like that. But how did you know this was a different relationship? I think it was just the way I felt. You know, it was it was different than anyone else that I had been interested in. And I was just, it just felt different, you know. I knew Haley was special and we had that friendship and, and that, you know, a lot in common. We had already had a really, a really strong trust that was starting to build from our friendship. And I just wanted to protect it and I knew it felt different. So, yeah, and, and honestly, I was just kind of going with it. You know, it felt great. She was cool. We were having a good time. And I was like, I'm just going to ride this thing out. Surely in six, in six to eight, six to eight months, you know, this girl's true colors will come out and she'll, she'll end up crazy because this is too good to be true. And I'll just see where it goes. And uh, <laughs> eight months went by and then 10 months went by. And I was like, wow, this girl is, uh, it really is. She really is as good as she seems. And ever since then, I tell all my guy friends, bro, just wait eight months, bro. Just wait eight months. If they get past eight months, I'll say anybody can be on their best behavior for eight months. And then that was always, I guess, I guess coming up through high school and college, any relationship, that was like the pivotal in my, in my head, I've created this, this narrative that eight months is that time when you, you know, when the rubber meets the road and push comes to shove and you really know like who this person is. So all that to say, we made it past eight months. Haley was incredible. And it was just, it was an awesome journey. And, you know, looking back now, it seems like in one way, it seems like forever ago, and another, it seems like just just yesterday. But it sure was fun, and you know, I'm really thankful for for how all all of it kind of unfolded. Anything that you did differently, Haley, with this relationship? Yeah, actually, a lot. Um, <laughs> this is like in a time in my life where I'd finally learned how to set boundaries. This was a new thing for me, and 
I would say the the chase part was not intentional. That just I truly was busy, but I was like, I'm going to do things differently in this relationship, and I'm going to have boundaries. and And if it doesn't work for me, it it's not the right thing, and and we're not going to do it. And if he doesn't like me for me, then then he's not the right one. But it, I truly was like, I'm just going to be myself and I'm going to do the things that I like to do and not pretend that I'm someone else and not do things that I wouldn't normally do because I want to, I want to be happy for the rest of my life. And that's just going to be a miserable life if I have to pretend I'm someone different and, and everything. And that went from, you know, not wearing a ton of makeup because I was like, gosh, I don't want to wake up one day and be like, oh my gosh, now I have to wear a ton of makeup because that's how I set up this relationship. <laughs> I mean, everything from that to, to big things. Like we, we took a while to, I guess, get intimate and not that it was super different in other relationships. It just, we were really intentional about it. And I remember being like, I really like this guy. And again, it was so unexpected and so I was like, I don't, I don't want to mess this up. So my boundary is like, all right, let's wait until, until we're at least serious to, to get more intimate. But, and you can, I'll let you talk more about that. But I would say the biggest boundary that I set was probably the time we were probably like one month into hanging out as, you know, we had kissed and you really liked me. I really liked you. And you had a show in Atlanta and you told me like a few days before you were like, oh my gosh, I just remembered this girl Ashley is coming into town and and we're going to go on a weekend trip to my cousin's river house. And, but she's just a friend. And I was like, huh? Okay. (laughs) And it sat with me for a day or so. And I was like, okay. Old Haley would say, okay, sure. You know, I'll be the cool girl and and that's fine with me. (laughs) And I was like, uh, feeling that feeling and said like, no, this is not really okay with me. And I know he thinks that they're just friends, but that's probably not the case. And so I knew that he was so busy in Atlanta that day. That's where a bunch of his family lives. That's where they had a lot of media to do. That's where it was just crazy. And then I knew this girl was flying in. And normally, again, I would have said, oh, gosh, I don't want to inconvenience him. Like, he's so busy. And then I was like, nope, this isn't working for me. So I'm going to tell him. <laughs> so I called him. And he was in the van with the whole van and everybody. And I was like, do you have a second? And he's like, no, not really. And I was like, OK, well, I'm just going to tell you this. <laughs> if you go on this trip this weekend, like." just so you know, this is not something I'm okay with. And if that's the kind of relationship you want, then I'm out. I'm here. I don't know. What did I say? I don't know, but we weren't officially dating at this point. No. Just to clarify, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like running game on, you know, I wasn't like being a player at that point. But I do remember it was like specifically like you had your boundaries. You knew what you wanted and what you uh, didn't want. And it wasn't just about me not hanging out with other girls, but I do think that was like a pivotal moment in our relationship where I was like, wow, this girl is also different. It feels different because this girl's different and she's different because 
she knows what she wants and she's not afraid to say it and she's gonna she is uh how do i say it there's there's not really any other options you're gonna you know she was very clear with that and i and i think that was really attractive and it helped me decipher because at that point i had a decision to make do i want to be with a girl like this or do i want to keep living the life i'm living and and you know being single and you know focusing on my career and and just hanging out with a bunch of different friends and and being social and that kind of thing and and for me <laughs> just being being social, just being social. <laughs> you know and no that's not what i wanted i knew i wanted someone like haley and i you know i had dreams of settling down with an awesome girl and, ha- and raising kids and having a family and doing the thing. And so I, I sort of knew what I wanted too. And at that point, I remember being like, all right, I respect your boundaries. And honestly, I want me and you to work. So I'm going to make that work. And I just remember kind of cutting ties and being honest with some other relationships and just sort of setting, setting ourselves up for. And I think that was a big part of the trust that we talk about, which Ultimately, I think every relationship is grounded in, you know, in trust. And and that's something that's not easily gotten always, but then also easily broken, you know. And for us, it's just been really important. And I think it's sort of been an unspoken, but I think we've done really, we've been really intentional over the years about building that trust for one another, knowing the lifestyle that we're in, the spotlight that's on us, the dynamics between, you know, all the moving parts and and the fast paced life and travel and being apart from each other at times, you know, I wanted her to trust me 110% and, and in order for that to happen, it it took kind of building that and being intentional with it so that I could feel confident when I was on the road without her, that she felt confident in me and that there was still, you know, there wasn't going to be every weekend, there wasn't going to be a tiff because, because of some jealousy or some, or some trust issues. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily uh, always fun, but I think it was, you know, it didn't feel good to hear that. I felt like I, I remember feeling like, man, yeah, I kind of messed up on this one. I, I should have looked at my schedule and planned this a little better. <laughs> and I always, I'm also a people pleaser. So I didn't want to have to call Ashley and say, hey, we're not going to do this trip because I, you know, sorry, I know you've flown here and spent money. And I was trying to make everybody happy. But at some point you have to, you have to decide who you want to make the happiest and that's what we did and i think it it worked out well and ultimately i think we've we've built a pretty strong foundation of trust and haley knowing you i think that moment was probably so crucial because it was one of those boundaries that you weren't used to making and when you made it and then tyler heard it and was like yeah i agree too i think that was just like you said tyler i think that was pivotal for your guys's trust yeah huge huge As any mom can tell you, diaper changes are part of our daily lives. I spend a lot of time, I mean a lot of time, changing diapers, thinking about diapers, checking on diapers, you name it. Which is why we are so excited to partner with Pampers. Your baby's skin is so delicate and you want to make sure you're protecting it by keeping it dry and healthy. Well, I cannot recommend Pampers Swathers enough. They're absorbent even for overnight wear. Yay for no middle of the night leaks, which is so key. I mean, we all want one less mess and more sleep. And with their amazing absorbency, pamper swaddlers, wick away wetness and mess to help protect your baby skin and keep your little ones feeling dry and happy. 
Keeping your baby's skin healthy requires a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet and Pampers gives you that trusted protection. Pampers swaddlers have been a game changer for us. The absorbency means healthy skin and less diapers overall, which is just a win-win. Once you try them, you'll see why Pampers are the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Whether you're a mom of three or a mom-to-be, you'll love how Pampers keeps your baby or toddler dry and comfortable. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diaper and wipes purchase. You will love them. Hi, I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. We're the co-hosts of a podcast called A Thing or Two. It comes out every Monday and the basic premise is this. We share all the stuff we think more people should know about. So that's apps, recipes, books, the nationwide haagen vanilla bean shortage that nobody else was talking about. Our no one. Perf- no one. <laughs> our preferred vacuum brands of which we have multiples and critical explorations of our unique approaches to paper towel usage. Listen, we think you're going to like it. A lot of people do. And who's to say you'll be any different? Listen and subscribe wherever it is you listen and subscribe to podcasts. So there's got to have been time though that either jealousy has come up or, you know, you've either worried about that or thought about that in the back of your head. How have you guys handled that? Yeah. I mean, I came from a previous relationship that I was cheated on and and it was an abusive relationship. And so coming into another relationship, I think naturally people, that would be a, a big trigger. The crazy part I think is that I was never worried about that with Tyler. And I'm trying to even think why. I think it was just a bunch of little things that helped build that trust. I mean, one thing in particular, this was such a little thing, but it was a bunch of little things that added up. I saw the way he set a boundary with an old ex-girlfriend that was like circling back through text messages. And she texted him one day trying to like get back with him. And he... Kindle that flame. I remember not saying anything, but I was very curious what he was going to say. And he told me about it, first of all, which was great. And then he texted her and he was like, look, I am happy with another girl. I really like her. And he was just blunt, but like, please don't text me anymore. But it was very kind. And I was just so impressed with the way that you set that boundary with people. And I was like, wow, if he can do that with her, because the relationships that I had been a part of in the past, it was this roller coaster of like, oh, you want me back? Sure. (laughs) Or like, I want you back? Sure. And so I'm like, oh, this is serious. And what was something else that helped build our trust? Mm. I just saw the way that you, you didn't put yourself in certain situations. Even now, like I know that one of your rules is you won't be in a writing room alone, alone with a female. Even if it's like the best female writer ever, you make sure that there's a third person in that room. But we also read a book at at the beginning of our marriage. Do you remember that? And it was just like talking about how affairs happen basically Hmm. and how cheating happens. And I think that we just never put that guard down and we realized that it can happen to Hmm. anyone. I mean, I would sit here right now and be like, oh my gosh, that's never going to happen to us. But I don't ever want to say that because I know that it can happen to anyone. And so I've been intentional about not putting myself in stupid situations. And and I know you have too. Yeah. I mean, to kind of go back to the jealousy thing, I, I, I do feel like something innately within both of us. I mean, Haley didn't have a ton of guy friends and the ones that she did have 
there was again that trust and I love most of these guys already myself and I was like you know this is purely friendship and has never been anything else so there's really nothing concerning there and then Haley was just always you know like she said she came from a long relationship so she didn't have a bunch of exes to to kind of you know navigate those waters she wasn't a highly flirtatious person so it wasn't like I've been in relationships where I have felt jealousy where my you know my girlfriend at the time was flirtatious with everyone and super friendly and and kind of in my opinion treated everyone else better than she did me and so it created this little jealousy thing but other than that I've never really been a jealous type I'm really blunt and forward and I'll tell and I've probably told Haley at this at some point like I would I will break up with you before I cheat on you and if I want to be with someone else, I'll go be with someone else. And if you want to go be with someone else, then I want you to go be with someone else. But if you want to be with me, then be with me. And I want, if I want to be with you, then we're going to be together. And it was pretty simple. And I know that sounds silly, but that's how we felt, you know, and that's how it was. And, and, I, and I meant that, you know, I wasn't, I wanted to treat her well, even if that meant not being together, but I really wanted to be together. And if we weren't, if I was going to be interested in other girls, I was going to not have Haley be a part of that. So. That being said, I do think, you know, the jealousy hasn't been a huge part of our relationship just because of the intentionality. But I do think it is important, as Haley mentioned, we've always, we don't want to feel invincible. We don't want to feel like, oh, I'm untouchable and there's no way that that this could happen to me because we are reminded every few years, it seems like one of our, either someone we really look up to or a friend or somebody that we trust or we or we love ends up having an affair and you're just reminded of man i never would have thought that it would happen to them and as much as you know as sad as that is it's just a reminder to hey it's we're not invincible we're all human and you know we need to be aware and we need to not set ourselves up for failure and if you know let's continue to let's continue to put effort in that department and not and not get too comfortable because i think when that happens that's when danger creeps in and that's when, you know, vulnerability happens and, and things, you know, you never know where things can go. So we just try to try to maintain that intentionality around, you know, protecting ourselves and protecting our marriage. I do remember being a little bit, I remember being insecure at times of not, not our relationship, but of what people would think about our relationship. So I don't know mm. if that, that's that falls into the jealousy category, mm. but. Again, remember how I said I didn't want to date an artist, athlete, or actor because I thought X, Y, and Z. Oh. I think maybe I thought, well... Everyone must think that. Everyone must think that. Actors and artists. And so I was so secure in our relationship. But then at times I was like, wow, why am I trying to like prove this relationship so mm-hmm. much to other people? Like We know our relationship. And that was an interesting time. And actually, if we really want to get vulnerable... I remember some of the first music videos, if we want to talk about it. Talk about day. it. Day. <laughs> I don't care. Following your lead, baby. <laughs> I just remember there being one video in particular that was, I'm like, these girls are dressed probably not how they would normally dress. And showing up at this music video, and this is so not who Tyler is, why are they pretending that that this is happening when it's not their real life. And I'm like, I I started to see other music videos like that. I'm like, why are people acting like this? Like it's country music. People want to know people's real life, not to put like 
me in the video, but I'm saying put somebody else in the video. <laughs> and so there were just moments where it was, I think we really wanted to change that game in in the music world too, because there were so many times where someone would say, oh, you you can't bring your girlfriend or you can't act like you have a girlfriend because then there's not the sex appeal. And we, again, intentionally were like, no, that's not okay. That's not okay with us. And I remember you and BK put your feet down and we're like, we have girlfriends. This is our real life. And this is what we're going to do. And I think you guys were really kind of that initial driving force in the country music world of, hey, let's like think that this is cool to have a girlfriend. It's fine. This is my real life. I think that's great. And that's a good point. And it, it's true. I mean, we didn't, uh, authenticity is, is where we wanted to come from, you know, and being real. And I think it opened up the doors for a lot of other people to be, get to showcase that side of their life and get a little, let the fans into a little bit more of their personal side and their personal life. And, you know, it's a big part of who we are as creators, as artists, as guy, as men that are married with families. It's, it's, it's not something that you want to hide. It's not something that you want to put in the back seat and not show anyone. And even at that phase of our career, I wanted to set us, I wanted to show you how I thought it was going to look down the road, being in a relationship and being an artist. And I was like, yeah, this is not, I'm not playing anybody's, I'm creating my own narrative. We're not going to do it like it's been done before. We're not going to follow what someone tells us around this because this is important. And I don't want people to think I'm single. I want people to think I'm in love with this, with, with Haley. And in my opinion, that's, that's also attractive. So I don't know what sex appeal exactly you're talking about, but I'm like, I think it's cool to be in a committed relationship and also still be able to go have a good time and throw parties and play country music and be on tour and and kind of, I don't know, restructure the reputation and the and the business model of being in relationship and having the hurdles of traveling and being on tour and being an artist all at the same time and figuring out how to do it together. It was it was honestly a challenge that I that I really uh, embraced and loved, and still do. I mean, you two are truly two of the most authentic humans, and so hearing that it just makes me so happy because it's you really have paved whatever it may be, whatever is in front of you, you're like, let's rethink this. Like there's not this one right answer. Let's kind of think what makes the most sense to us. So that's, that's amazing. And I love that. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Jess. We love finding vitamins we trust, and you all know how much we love ritual vitamins. Gaps in our diet really shouldn't be ignored. Did you know that over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet and 95% are not getting the recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? These statistics just blow my mind and Ritual's here to help. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 and Up Multivitamin was formulated by lots and lots of research to help fill in our nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 and up. It's formulated specifically to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. And in a clinical trial, it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. I've been taking Ritual for years now and can tell you it is a vitamin I can actually take every single day. It doesn't upset my stomach, and I love knowing that I'm doing something each day to improve my nutrition. And if Jess tells me to take it, I know it's good. 
We're huge fans of Ritual over here. They're committed to quality ingredients always, no shady stuff whatsoever, and they're delivered straight to your door, which means it's convenient and one less thing to think about in our mommy-filled brains. They know what us busy moms on the go really need. It's all about the small things we can do daily so we can stay our best selves. Right now, Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash living and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash living. Now let's get back to Tyler. Okay. So you're, you're in Nashville. You, they offer you double your salary. You're now starting a relationship with Tyler and you clearly then left that job, which you know, I don't know if you liked that job or you didn't like that job, but how was that? How did that decision get made? And what was that like for you to kind of put the career that you had and what you were building on the back burner for Tyler's mm-hmm. career? Because really when you guys met was kind of this uphill kind of trajectory of his career. Yeah. Yeah. Things were definitely on a rocket ship. Like I said earlier, I guess that's the only way to describe it. Like it was wild. And I had actually quit my job because I realized, you know, finance is just like not for me. I, I think I was in that because my parents wanted me to be in finance in college. And so I just, I did that and I'm like, what am I doing here? So I quit my job and I was like, I'm going to spend this next three months just figuring out what I want to do. Well, in literally in the first month, Tyler was like, all right, flying you out to this show. And I think he was kind of testing me to see like, all right, can she handle this life? Can she handle the road? And it was like one night at a time. He'd like fly me out to to Birmingham, which was so close. I could have driven. And I'd do that show with him, which was the first show I'd ever seen, which was really fun. And then I would do two nights on the bus. And that went well. And I think that also helped us grow so much closer because being, yeah, <laughs> being on a bus with a bunch of dudes and we were sharing a bunk at the time and there's all these bus rules. Like you can't go number two on the bus. So then you have to stop the bus. And it was, it was a thing. Wait, you have to stop. You have to stop the bus to go number two. I did have to, I had to do that once. Oh, so yeah, the whole bus knows when (laughs) Haley has to go poop. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, we all became really close. We were all really close, which was so fun. It was like a, a summer camp or something. But that being said, I couldn't live that life forever. It was very fun and we were traveling, but then I was like, okay, eventually I have to figure out what I'm going to do. And so I was job searching at the time. And a job searching. The, that lasted a while. A job searching season. <laughs> job search. Well, it was hard when I was never home. Right? Eventually I was like I was like, no, I don't want you to selfishly, I didn't want her to get a job because I liked having her uh around all the time and and available to do whatever on a whim so i was like no you can't get a job and then i remember we we were hanging out one morning and she was like hey i'm gonna go i have to go get a job this week because i'm basically you know i had some money saved up for this season of life to kind of explore what i want to do next but the old the old savings has run out and i have to figure something out and so i was so uh into her at that point i was just like well let me make some phone calls and see if I can just pay your apartment bill every month (laughs) and you can just keep (laughs) hanging out with me. (laughs) So that's honestly kind of how it went down. And then soon after that, we were like, you know, which sounds so awesome. Right. And it was, it was so incredible. And for you, 
(laughs) 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 It was. We had so much fun. And but he wanted me on the road, which and I wanted to be there, too, because, yes, it is a party. And yes, it's fun. But it was also like us building our relationship. We knew that if I got a job and stayed home, then it would put our relationship on a big pause. And we'd almost be going backwards is the way I looked at it. It's like, if you get a job, we're going to start. I don't want to go backwards in our relationship. I want to progress. And we're, we've moved really fast from the beginning. And I really am loving it, loving this. And I want to progress. And, you know, maybe I'm over disclosing at this point. But I even when it came down to, well, what's your bills? Well, I have an apartment. And that's the main bill. Well, your apartment's never getting stayed in because we're always in another town hanging out or we're home for two days and you're at my house, which was an hour away out in the country. So it wasn't convenient for her to really ever use her apartment. So I was like, well, you need to not have that bill because you don't ever use it. And when we're home, we're pretty much at my house. Let's just basically move in together. And let's just, so now we're really progressing here. You know, it's like now we're, we're going I in the right it. direction. This sounds more like the direction that I had in mind. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what we did. And that was a fun season of transition just to like kind of process like, okay, we both know where this is going. We both know it's serious. And now let's, let's see if we can live together and let's see what this next phase looks like. And then uh, when we get to eight months, we'll talk about further things. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we were further in than eight months at that point. I knew, uh, I knew I had to go with all my hands and barely, were we? No, barely. Well, I mean, that's probably why I made you split the closet. I actually had two closets at the time in my bedroom <laughs> and I and I wouldn't even give her one. She had to go something. across the house <laughs> to the guest bedroom <laughs> to closet because I was like, nah, you can stay here, but you ain't moving you ain't taking mm Nope, I still need both these closets. That didn't last long either, but it was nice while it lasted. <laughs> Super well organized closets, I'm sure too. She slowly started taking over. Right, of course, Tyler. But no, which all of that was so fun again. And it was my favorite thing being there to support him because it it was crazy. It was we were flying to New York one night and then the next night we'd do an overnight flight to L.A. and then back to Nashville and and then hop on a tour bus and then we're going to go to these shows and then we're not going to be back for 30 days. And it was like it was go, 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 go. We lived out of a suitcase, actually. And you know, you'd put the suitcase under the bus, you'd have to wake up, go under the bus, like in front of everybody at festivals and pull out my underwear out of suitcases. And so that was fun. And so again, I loved supporting Tyler, but I don't think I realized until a couple years into it that, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I, I eventually realized I needed something for me. And so I, I think that there was most of me that was just wanting to support him. But then there was part of me that realized eventually I'm going to need to figure out something for me to have a passion project. And and so I think that it's really cool that now we're doing meaningful living because it's all of the things in life that I have loved so much. And I'm not one of those people that knew what I wanted to do at age 10 and studied for it and went to school for it. I really was one of those people that was like, I don't know what I want to do. And I know I want to be a mom one day and I know I want to be a wife and have a family, but I wasn't sure what my career path was. And so this has been so fulfilling, this meaningful living. I feel like every it's all of my life coming to a culmination of the perfect passion project. And, and so it worked out. But yeah, there was a, a time that it 
It was frustrating. I felt a little lost at times. That was a very long way to answer your question. No, I loved it. <laughs> well, I'll I'll just say, I mean, not to, you know, that was never overlooked, by the way. I mean, I, I really loved and, and appreciated how supportive Haley was and how it was never about her. I mean, it was always about me. Okay, let's be, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it was, it was support. And at that time in our career, I really needed that. And, and then uh, it enabled us to be able to say, well, what's, what are you passionate about? What do you dream of, of doing? What do you, you know, I know we want to have parents, you know, have parents. We want to have kids and be parents. Yeah. What do you want to do? And she was just, she always just wants to change the world and, and impact people for the better and, and help people basically and go shopping. But we won't get, we won't go there. We won't talk about that. But, uh, and you guys, you too, Jess have created here on this platform is, is just, it's incredible because you guys are, really really helping people and not you know on a from a very logical from a very practical standpoint and a very you know step-by-step simple way it's just incredible and i'm so proud of you guys not to get on a tangent but i hear all Thank the time you. friends friends of mine dads like friends of mine they're like dude like me and my wife listen to the podcast about the car seats and we listen to the podcast about spanking and we listen to the podcast about eating and all the things and so and and how much it impacts their life on the on like the daily basis. So anyways, I just think it's really cool and full, full, full circle. And it's really an honor and fun to get to be supportive back now and to get to see that full circle um, kind of thing happen. And the pandemic was, I mean, my life as an artist and a, a touring musician was put on pause for the last two and a half years at this point, which has been difficult, but also a huge blessing too. And to get to take this time to to support Haley as a mom and as a creative and as a uh, entrepreneur has just been really, really cool. And to see what you guys have, have built in our building, it's just so inspiring. So anyways, I love you guys and it feels good to, to get to support Haley back the way she supported me. You do. You always were supportive of me in those in the days when I was supporting you, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. It was like this big question mark. He's like, what do you want to do? I'll support you. I'm like, I don't know. I need to figure it out. Well, I'm I'm glad we figured it out. It feels so completely meant to be. And Tyler, thank you. That means so much coming from you. And we obviously love you more back. Hey, it's Jess here to tell you about a great health show. On Healthy Conversations, listeners receive expert insight into the challenges and trends transforming health from cancer treatment, lumpectomy, radiation therapy, you know, five years of tamoxifen. That was done to prevent five-year and 10-year recurrences, even though the likelihood of recurrence for someone with early-stage breast cancer was really small. But we couldn't find the needle in the haystack. Everybody gets the same treatment for the 5% of people for whom they might recur. To advances in genetics, we need to dispel some myths, myths such as your genes determine your health and there's nothing you can do about it if you have a certain genetic background. And this is not true in the vast majority of cases. To the bright future of healthcare. It's a real time for innovation to reset and reimagine healthcare from intermittent reactive sick care to a future that's continuous, proactive, anytime, anywhere, bringing us better outcomes at lower costs and bringing better health equity all around the planet. Hosted by Dr. Daniel Kraft, a Stanford and Harvard trained physician scientist, inventor, and entrepreneur, 
The show is presented by CVS Health, a leading health and care innovation company. Healthy Conversations introduces the accomplished leaders and visionaries working to transform health systems. Healthy Conversations releases audio and video episodes. Subscribe, listen, and enjoy today wherever you find your podcasts. Okay, so we actually got a question about the first year of marriage. And the question I have for you guys is, and Tyler, maybe this one's for you. What was harder, first year of marriage or first year of parenthood? Oh, first year of parenthood, for sure. I think that's just such a such a big transition, you know, and it was the first time. I mean, our first year of marriage, to an extent, life wasn't all about me or wasn't all about Haley. It was all, but it was still all about us, you know, together now. And it was figuring out life together, which was really a lot of fun. Not a whole lot of work and not a whole lot of sacrifice, just adjusting and kind of transitioning. But when when a kid comes along, you sacrifice everything changes. You know what I mean? It's not about you or us at all. It's all about the baby. It's all about how do we keep this baby alive? What do we do? How do we do it? What's the, you know, where's the, where's the owner's manual on this thing? And, and thank God you guys have created it, but we didn't have one. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to have really good help that helped us navigate that. But first year of, of being a parent is, is really difficult because not only does, Life change, literally from a scheduling standpoint and, you know, a capacity standpoint, it changes for dynamics are just totally different. You know, Haley's dealing with just giving birth to a child and all the things that are going on in her body and things that I am completely out of my control. I'm navigating, trying to be helpful, but having nothing I can really do and having a baby that doesn't really need me, but I, you know, want to be there. And then just, yeah, it's just a lot. So long answer first year of having a baby is definitely more difficult than first year of marriage, but it is also extremely rewarding and really a fun challenge. And it, again, it just, it brought us closer together. You know, it was challenging, but ultimately it's, it's brought us closer together and it's such a joy. Mm -hmm. And I will say with the first year of marriage, because I saw that question too on my Instagram and I think that I've seen people really struggle with the first year of marriage and I can see why. And, but I would say our first year of dating was probably harder than the first year of marriage because we lived together and we learned all the hard stuff while we lived together. And I will say that not all the hard stuff, a lot of the hard stuff. Yeah. That was a blanket statement. I shouldn't have said that, but a lot of the hard stuff. (laughs) We're still still learning. learning. But all that initial stuff that you're learning in like the first year of marriage, we got to learn while we were living on a bus together and living in a house together, which, you know, when our kids get to that age, I'm definitely going to recommend, even if it might be taboo where we live, I don't know. I'm going to recommend living together because I think that you can learn so much about a person and and the partner that you eventually want to spend the rest of your life with by doing that. And so I'm, I'm glad we did. Yeah. Same. It's definitely not what I was taught growing up in church. And, you know, everybody probably said, well, that's not good that you're living with your girlfriend. But at the same time, I was like, well, I want to make sure I I can live with this girl before I commit my whole life to this girl. And I think she wants that too. And I think it makes sense in our world to make sure that we can our life is crazy. My life is crazy. I don't know. If, I don't know if Haley can ha- can keep up and handle it. So I got to see before we do. <laughs> and so, so we saw and it worked. So, anyways, that was definitely good for us. We got to pressure test it. So basically, stay together for eight months. Got to pass the eight month mark. Yep. Live together, see if it works, and then it's a yep. match made in heaven. 
There you go. It's pretty simple, guys. The recipe. <laughs> it's pretty simple. <laughs> oh, man. Conflict. So obviously every relationship has conflict. You guys handle it so graciously. Something that um, just watching you always, you are so intentional. Something comes up, you don't let it brew. You, you know, you address it right away. I've never seen a big blown up fight between you guys ever. And so what are your tips for conflict or also kind of what have you learned to deescalate so that it doesn't get to that big blown out fight? Good question. I think... First of all, therapy has helped us tremendously. On-site, we, I know we always talk about it, but going to on-site has helped us so much because we know each other's ticks, And because we know each other's ticks, I know what to avoid. I know what to say if I really want to piss him off, <laughs> but I also know what to avoid. And I know how to speak to him to de-escalate it. But sometimes we try and use humor and, you know, whatever it is that ticks him off, like sometimes I can use that like, and kind of sometimes I kind of mock what he's saying or something, but it's mm. an inside joke because we know that like that ticks him off and then it becomes funny. But I don't think that would be funny if we hadn't like worked through it in therapy. <laughs> so I feel like humor, bringing humor into it, but really just communicating and like we do with kids is just mirroring back how they're feeling. Like I understand how you're feeling and, and really trying to, to understand where they're coming from that has been the biggest thing. And we learned it in therapy. And then now, of course, in parenting and what you and I always talk about, Jess, is, has been so helpful for us. Yeah. I mean, just to echo that, I think really putting the work in on ourselves, um, going to onsite, we try to do that every year, year and a half. And and we've we started doing that essentially right when we got married. And we called it going to prehab so we never had to go to rehab, you know, and really we just wanted our marriage to work so badly and to, and to run so smooth and to be, and we also knew life was going to hit us, you know, left and right, life was going to hit us. And we wanted to be prepared for that with as much tools and resources in our <laughs> emotional tool belt as we, as we could get. So we really pour a lot of time and energy into working on ourselves and working on our relationship and trying to better understand ourselves and each other. So that's, that does make it, let's blank it by saying that. It really does help. But on a practical thing and like, you know, more of a practical, <laughs> for me, when when I start to feel frustrated or maybe some conflicts in place or maybe we're, maybe <clears throat> Haley's just frustrating me that day, I do have to take a little time. Like it, it's not something like as I get older and the more I work on myself, I can shift to a mature, well, let's just call it my adult self. I can get there. Look at but you. I, but I naturally want to come from about my 16-year-old self, which is like not not really a pretty side of Tyler. So I typically have to take a little time. And it might only be five minutes, but it might be 30. It could be a day. But but typically it's pretty quick. And I can come back with a right headspace and hear what Haley has to say because as I've learned, most of the time she's right and it's actually really what I needed to hear, but it's not fun to hear. Just like kids. I mean, I remember getting in trouble as a kid and being like, that's not fun. I, I want to buck that because I want to, because it doesn't feel good, but I know it's what I need to hear. And a lot of that, like literally 95% of the time, Haley's telling me what I need to hear. And, and it just takes me a minute to get to my adult self and hear it, hear it and receive it. And then let my ego down and, you know, apologize where I, you know, do the repair necessary, but we really do try, we have those tools and those resources. And so we try not to let conflict get too out of hand before we deal with it. And we just try to be sensitive to each other because I'm typically the, 
maybe more the hot head and more emotionally, I don't know. I was going to say emotionally driven, emotionally infuriated. But <laughs> Haley stays really calm. I mean, I've only once or twice as long as I've known her has she ever lost her cool. And when she does, you know it. And you want to get, and you, and trust me, when I saw it happen, I, <laughs> I just like, baby, I, I'm going to holler at you later. I'm going to let, I'm going to let this die down a little bit. I'm going to come back. She actually told me to get, to get the hell away from her. So, anyways, I was just obeying in, directions. In two but, words. Yeah, it was one two started words. with an F and the next word started with an O with an off. <laughs> so, anyways, so believe it or not, Haley has the month said the F word before in uh, not a nice way. But oh. it's, it is pretty rare. And we do have a, a healthy relationship that we, again, it's just like the affair thing, though. Never, you know, never leave your guard down too long. Always know that obviously at any point we could, we could probably have a, a blow up, but it's pretty rare and we know, and we see it coming and we really, we try to pour some water on it it before it gets out of hand. Yeah. Talk it out. I really need to know what the story was a month before your wedding. Man, I'll be honest. It was a late night. We was on the road. I know I had been drinking. I don't think Haley had been drinking, but I had just done some things. I think the tension was building too. It was like a month before the wedding. I think it was just a lot of things, but then also a couple incidents where ultimately Haley didn't feel like I had her back. She didn't feel supported and she felt like I didn't have her back. Just to, just if I was to put it in one sentence. And I remember the scenarios that made her feel that way, but I had probably pushed it a little too far and it was late night. It was after the show. After a show. I remember the whole show. I was standing like this side stage with my arms crossed. Mm-hmm. Just Not so what you want to see from stage when you're, <laughs> when you're up there trying to be the good head space. I did the very wrong thing like right after he gets off stage and that's the time when like he's just coming off of obviously a big hive a lot of energy on stage and he's trying to cool down and he went to the back of the bus and that's when i was just like Haley was already in bed covered up she just looked over at me and said fuck off i was like oh wow okay so i'm gonna go back inside and i'll come back to the bus when mama is asleep i remember we were walking back to the bus too and luke had passed us and obviously usually it's like hey how you doing this time he was like nope i'm not i am not gonna get in the middle of that they are you tell. in it you can tell it was tense and old hubbard bus but <laughs> that's I, fantastic yeah, that doesn't happen in a long time no it only happened once and i'll never forget it so th- i guess that <laughs> the fact that you can laugh about it just reminds me of everything you do in the sense that like you really do keep it light and Haley, I know that you've pranked him so many times. So, mm. Tyler, for anyone that doesn't know, Haley and Tyler pull the best pranks on each other, and I love them. Mm. I should probably stop you and correct you right here. Okay. Haley pulls the best pranks on Tyler. Tyler has never pranked Haley. Because mm. because I don't, I, for some reason, pranks, pranks just don't come to me. I don't think like that. Mm. But Haley, any opportunity, she will fully take it and prank me. So, Continue, Jess. I'm sorry. So, I just had to clarify on, for on. the people. Hold on. Annie's called like five times. Pause it. I, Answer it. One sec. I feel like I have to get it. Here, I'll pause. Here. Hey. I'm so sorry to bother you. No, that's okay. Um, Is everything okay? Well, I just got this fr- crazy phone call from Wood River Medical Center in Idaho. Yeah. And they're saying that Tyler's test results got switched with somebody else. And that he like what test results? Like 
he still has viable sperm passing through, I guess. What? So they're saying that he like has to reschedule and have another procedure like ASAP. If oh, the test for pregnant. the sperm. For my... <laughs> no way. You are kidding oh, me. Oh, my God. Speaking of pranks. I need to call Haley right now. Oh, my God. I'm I'm so glad you did. Well, that's funny. We're, we're doing a podcast right now. But wait. So what did, what do we need to do? We're pausing the podcast. Don't worry. Okay. Well, they just said that he needs to like call and get scheduled for another procedure ASAP. Like, they wouldn't really tell me all that much because, like, obviously I'm not Tyler. But it's what they said. <laughs> I told you. Said, I you told you. So I do. So it's not. Uh, so my vasectomy didn't work. No. You. You. They said you still have viable sperm like passing through. Oh my god. This is, are you fucking with me? You are. Yeah, you are. This is messed up, man. You guys, you are right now. April Fool. Oh, man. See, yo, this is messed up, man. This is. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm sweating. My hands are literally dripping in sweat. I'm starting to, like, I'm thinking, no, but hey, at least we're not pregnant already because that would have. Oh Holy cow, you guys are man, forget y'all, man. I'm about to go. I'm about to I need some time, okay? I'm gonna step away. I need to go for a walk. Well done, Annie. Well Annie, done. wow. You freak you too, Annie. Sorry, Tyler. It's not personal, it's business. Oh well. Oh my lord. Okay. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. That was, that was scary. Well, I can't wait to see what your face looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was watching it. I'm like, he's he's going for it. Oh my lord. <laughs> I, yeah, you guys are man. Forget y'all. Right? Okay. Thanks, Sammy. Love you. Bye. Oh man, that was funny. Man. <laughs> That's messed up. Our ultrasound tech was in on our having twins prank. It was our third baby. Obviously, Atlas was a surprise. And she had him going for like 10 minutes that we, there were two babies in there. Yeah, that we were having twins. No, yeah. I haven't heard this prank. Yeah. Haley, Haley called and organized the whole situation. Were you so I thought we Tyler? were going from having two babies, which is really hard, to having four babies. Yeah, I was sweating. <laughs> I was actually about to have a, I think I might have had a mini little heart attack. I was starting to feel some weird things in my body that I wasn't used to. Did you think that when uh, Liv, when Liv really wasn't a boy and she was a girl, did you think that was a prank? No, because that was, that was like before this real serious pranking. Oh. At this point, I, at this point I have my guard up in case you guys couldn't just tell. <laughs> you just fully got me for like 45 seconds. Okay. okay. Anyways. Okay. Let's end it off with some rapid fire questions. These are my favorite. Who said I love you first? You. That was me. That was me. <laughs> How'd you say it? You remember? I wish I could redo it. It wasn't the most romantic situation. I think I was passing out on an airplane, and I do think I had been drinking heavily. And I think on my way out, I just told her that I loved her. <laughs> <laughs> Mumbled it under my breath just to make sure I wasn't sure if she could hear it or not. I, I felt the love. I, I think we were both, <laughs> both buzzed a little bit from from our New York trip. Oh, okay. Slightly buzzed. We'll go with that. I like We were buzzed. deep in, slightly buzzed and deep in our emotions. Yes. Okay. With two neat freaks, who's messier? Haley's Me. messier. I was going to say it's perfect day. Home edit just came out. We could probably just watch the show to see who's messier. Yes. No. That's it. That's right. 
I can be organized, but I could let things go for a while too. He can't. Yeah. Who's more romantic? Probably me. Maybe you by a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Both of us. Ellie? No, I'll give it to you. You're pretty romantic, babe. I'll just plan it more. Yeah. You're a better planner. Actually, I forget that you write songs for me. So that's probably pretty romantic. (laughs) Yeah. Come on. Give me. Sorry. Trying to take the romantic. No no credit over here. No, I'm typically not. But I'll, I'll sing you a song every now and then now. Yeah, you're good at that. Okay. So good. All right. We're getting deep. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would be your job? I would love to be a travel connoisseur of some sort. And I would... I don't even know if this is a job, but if I could work for a travel agency and just really go critique all the best hotels of the world, all over the world, that would be my dream job. (laughs) So if someone knows how I could get this job, that would be great. Stay in a bunch of five-star hotels. You and Anna Delvey can work that out. (laughs) For me, I may be interested in something in like the health and fitness space, potentially doing, I don't know, it'd be kind of cool to have a gym of some sort inspire people to feel good and look good. And I think that would be, that'd be fun to impact people. Or this is really random. I just thought about this, but something in the motocross world, I probably, I think I would enjoy building motocross tracks, working on a dozer and pushing dirt around is a, I don't know, maybe another life. That's going to be a retired Tyler. That's building dirt by jumps. That's it. Totally. All right, Haley, what's your favorite thing about Tyler? Favorite thing about Tyler. Oh, now I get to brag about you because you, I love that you are so rooted in who you are. I thought you were going to say my style. (laughs) In your style. (laughs) You're so rooted in who you are and you have not changed. Even your high school friends are like, he is still the same Tyler. Minus maybe how you dressed or maybe the things that you eat. But (laughs) you're still the same person and you're just supportive. And you always, I love how you stick up for I love how you stick up for things that are right and you do what's right even when it's not the most popular. Thanks, babe. All right. Yeah. Appreciate that. I still love Zaxby's though. I'm not going to lie. Takes me back. And what's your favorite thing about Haley? Favorite thing about Haley? Probably how calm, cool, and collected she always is and just just really good energy. This just, I don't know. It just is really attractive. I love that about her and also how she treats people. Uh, she loves people and she feels what people are feeling. And I think that's a gift that you have that I admire a ton. So that's one of my favorite things about you. Thank you. Which kid is most like you? Liv's most like me, I would say. They're all kind of 50-50, but I think Liv's most like me. She loves being outdoors, but she also loves clothes and all the fun girly things. So does Luca. So does Luca. (laughs) Liv's a big feeler. I guess Tyler and I are both big feelers, but I would say Liv's most like me. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. She's definitely got a lot of you in her, but. Yeah, I think it's pretty 50-50, honestly. What about Luca? I think the boys, I don't know. I still think the boys are 50-50 too. This is a question I don't actually know the answer to. Tyler, what's the, your favorite song you've ever created? And Haley, what's your favorite song Tyler's ever created? I don't know. It's hard not to say like Cruise are meant to be because those were like the big, big ones. But I would say um, right now, honestly, I'm really proud of a song that I did with my two good buddies, Thomas Rhett and Russell Dickerson called Death Row, which I actually didn't write, but I but I did sing on. And I was a part of 
the story. And so I feel like I was a part of the song creation process. But we uh, went to the local prison here and visited the guys on death row. And the, basically the song tells the whole story of that day with me and TR and Russ. And it was uh, an incredibly special day and, and led to an incredibly special song that I'm, yeah, I'm really proud of it. I like a couple that aren't out yet. Does that count? One is Yo Mama that he never released. I think someone else ended up cutting it, but it was a song he wrote when I was first pregnant in 2017 with Liv when we thought it was a boy. And so it's all about this like story of a little boy. <laughs> I was writing, yeah, I was writing a song to our first son, which yeah. ended up being our first daughter. So it didn't really work anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the other one, gosh, this doesn't help you guys much. The other one is a song that he's written, but hopefully you'll hear it soon called Five Foot Nine. Oh, that's one of your faves. Maybe huh? I just really like it right now. Okay. It's just on my mind. I don't know. It'll probably change next week, Jess. <laughs> I know. I'm not it's feeling very week. deep on that one right now. I just, I like them all. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll send it to you. <laughs> we'll send it. But now I got to hear Five Foot Nine. Got to send that over. Heck yeah. I need to hear this favorite song. Amazing. Well, we love you. And Tyler, thanks for doing this. Take, thanks for sitting down with us and for supporting us. Honestly, you are our biggest cheerleader. And well, I love you guys. Thanks we for having you. me. And uh, it's always fun chatting. And again, I love what you guys are doing. And it's fun to be a small part of it. Thanks for having me. Love you. Love you, babe. Bye. <laughs> we hope you found something meaningful from this episode. It'd mean the world to us if you'd take a second to rate, review, and follow the show and tell your friends about it. It's the best way to support the show. And if you have any questions you want us to cover on the show, call our voicemail line at 866-444-FULL. We want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com for resources, courses, and to shop our favorites. Can't wait to see you next week. 